Are you working on your author career, but struggling to get that first book published? Does the goal of being an author seem too lofty? Or thoughts of having multiple books and making a full-time living are as fantastical as living in Cinderella's castle? Welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where aspiring authors can be heard. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have gotten their foot on the author career path. Hear what they've done to get there and where they want to go now. Settle back. It's time for a bit of inspiration and advice. Come listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. So let's talk some author stuff. Move on to that. And before we talk about our big topic of parallel worlds and writing for parallel worlds, what are the tools and services you use? You mentioned Inkspell, but what do you actually use when you're writing? So when I'm writing, I use Scrivener, which is, I'm sure many of you have heard of it. It's obviously a writing platform. I use it because, strangely enough, although my brain is very disorganized sometimes, I love my writing to be really structured. So I can put in chapters, I can pull pieces out, I can move things on the board really quickly, and I can see where I'm at from a really structured viewpoint and I love it as a tool it it has it was a life changer for me than putting it into a simple word document where I just get completely so 110% Scrivener that's what I use all the time backs up automatically so if I accidentally forget to save it still saves it for me happy days yeah it's a great tool good okay and You're working on your second book about to be out and your third book you're working on. What are some things that you've learned that you're doing different? I guess when I first started, I did a lot more telling rather than showing. For me, I really have noticed that I've started to grow into that, that showing how people reacting and then allowing the reader to infer. I think when you first start writing, you do a lot of telling and it's not that you assume that the reader is dumb, but you do. <laughs> and as I'm getting more experience, obviously I'm, I'm able to take more out, but allow more of the reader to, to take control over that aspect. And there's a beauty to that too, because then you're not controlling their storyline per se. You're letting them have a little bit of free reign and how a character looks. For example, I don't do heavy descriptions on the characters unless it's a a world in which you need to have a lot of detail for them to understand what they're looking at. But for general characters and main characters, I do tend to leave a lot of it up for the imagination of the reader because I want them to be that character. I want them to flow with that character and feel and understand with that character. So they need to have that connection. And uh, I think tying in too much of your own personal thoughts of what that character looks like actually pulls them back. So um, I agree. I, I've been working on that a lot. I, I, I want to get that nice balance between describing them so they got a picture in their head, but not he was five foot seven with big eyebrows and blue eyes with long eyelashes and had some wrinkles at the corner of his eyes and his nose was a little bulbous. I don't want to be doing that. So it's difficult to get that balance right where you want it. Feel like you said, feel a part of that character. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's about, and it's a skill that you do get eventually, but it's, it's not something that comes naturally. You have to work at it. 
is what I'd say. So yeah, I've, I've definitely got a, a really good grasp on where I'm going with that one and allowing myself some breathing space to, to grow into. I think also like I've uh, got a psych degree, so my understanding of human emotion and engagement is pretty good, but um, making it less clinical. <laughs> so I'm starting to bring in more of the uh, less clinical aspects of that. That's interesting you say that because you said you use Scrivener and I use Scrivener also. And I tend to find people that their brains aren't as analytical, maybe a little more of the free flowing, that they tend to shy away from Scrivener. To them, it just seems too much, too complicated. So it's just interesting after talking to a lot of people, hearing the different ways of why people like one or the other. And it's interesting then that you say not being so clinical in your description. So I had to work on that aspect myself. Yes. Yeah. And it, it is tough because, um, yeah, it, background training and you get, get into your own head and then you do start to overthink things and you put too much detail in that you don't need. And Right. Yeah. There's a definite learning curve to the skills beyond just writing the words. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's a time thing too. You don't learn it overnight. It's something you got to grow. And each book you get a little bit better or you change how you do something in one book and then you're like, oh, I might do it a little bit differently in the next one. And yeah. Right. So before we talk about parallel worlds, let me ask you something that I'm glad I'm getting a chance to ask somebody. I remember hearing when Amazon announced that they were putting some printing presses in Australia and people were like, oh, that's so great because it's been so hard to get books down here. You pay so much for them and digital books helped a whole lot because you're not paying uh, $50 for one paperback because you got to get it shipped and all that. Being in Australia and being a writer and you said there's a big community, do you think you would still have that big community and there'd be as many Australian writers if we didn't have the ebooks and the digital distribution and all that? Probably yes, but it would be done more locally based. You wouldn't have the global distribution options that you have available. I think because there was a period of time in which Amazon basically you could not get a print book here done. You had to, as an author, if you wanted to get it, you had to order it from America and you had to, the shipping was like worse than the, the print costs. Like it was just astronomical. And people were still doing it because people are still writing. It's, as an author, you do it because you love it, not because it's cheap. I think they were, they were, they were still working around it. A lot of people uh, use small independent publishing houses here. Again, not the cheapest option, but still an option. So there, there are means of working around it. But yes, the ability to now get stuff printed here locally is astronomically better. Turnaround times are great. We used to have, you'd have four to six weeks from when you ordered to when you received sometimes. And so now you can get it like in a week. It's crazy. Wow, <laughs> That's opposite in the States. Our, our mail seems to have gotten slower over the last year and things that would normally take a week are taking three to four weeks. So <laughs> changing. Yeah. And I remember I was at a used bookstore a couple years ago and I found a, an anthology of uh, sci-fi, Australian sci-fi writers. I'm like, Australian sci Just the fact that they said it was Australian sci-fi writers, it put it in a whole category for me. I'm like, 
well, heck, I've got to see what that's because, you know, <laughs> that's like when I saw the Amish science fiction book, I'm like, Amish science fiction? Are you kidding? That I had to get that. That's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love that. Um, where it is definitely more global. I've got more books from authors all over around the world than I did you know, at any other point in my life. So I think that's great that we're able to do those types of things and get that reach wouldn't have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a strong connection from Australia to space as well. We have some massive telescopes here. We have uh, satellite launches that happen on a regular basis. We've got a, actually a new space program opening up down the road from here uh, in the middle of nowhere. So there's, yeah, there's quite a connection here. There's a lot of UFO tales in Australia, people who've seen things and recordings and yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. Okay. So you wanted to talk about parallel worlds, parallel universes, because your books revolve around those. Tell us a little bit about your thinking when you're writing a book like that. So the way I had it in my head was the concept of the universes being like sheets of paper. And if you stack them all on top of each other, if you wanted to jump between a bit like time jump, then you'd be the pencil gets pushed through the bit of paper and you can move independently between the worlds. I liked that concept of, yeah, I guess, I guess layering. If you think of it like tree bark. And each of the universes sits within the layer going from the center. But there's so many unique and different ways of thinking about who we are and what we are. Like I, I saw the new Matrix the other day and it reminded me again of that concept of are we really here? Is this really our reality? Are we living in some pseudo reality that, that we aren't aware of? And it just the whole concept of the options really excites me. I, I love the idea that somewhere out there in a different reality, there's another version of me having the same conversation with you, but there's one little thing that's different about her. She's younger or older, or she's done something different. Like, or she lives in Germany. Or she lives in Germany. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how much of these little uh, decisions that we make every day affect the outcome for us and what does that mean in a grand scheme if there's a multi-universes of the multiple versions of you and are they all because one morning you put your shoes on but the next morning you didn't how much of the little things then alter the big things you're five minutes late for this does that then mean that you miss out on this and what's the flow on effect for that yeah I, I love the idea of being able to play in that space and to move people independently of, I guess, the reality that we are stuck with. When you're writing a, a story that involves multiple universes, how do you keep, what, what do you do in the writing to keep the readers from getting confused as to where they're at, what universe, or why the things are the way they are when a minute ago they may not have been, or something like that? Sure. So part of that, I guess, is keeping that descriptive active. So there's one scene I refer to the where she met the mirror people. So she she wakes up and it looks the same as the universe she was in previously. And then she goes out swimming and all of a sudden she sees a mirror person and goes, oh my God, this is clearly not <laughs> what I thought it was. I'm in a different space. 
because I love the idea as well. Things can look comparatively very similar and yet be very different. And yeah, it's for me, keeping track of the different worlds, Scrivener is really good for that because you can actually do a little world building exercise within Scrivener and you know, court board it and have some visuals as well to help you with that. And then try not, it's a bit like building characters don't have too many. You allude to the fact there's 30,000 universes, but you don't describe 30,000 universes. <laughs> you got to keep it realistic for the reader to be able to keep track. You know, even if you're describing a room full of people doing a dance, you are looking at one or two characters that are within that dance floor. You're not looking at the entirety of the room. So that's how I look at it too. So do you think, why make the decision to write with parallel worlds? Could your story have been done just in one world without using multiple worlds? Possibly, but not quite as effectively. I think the strength in the story is that the the power of the the person comes from their energy and their energy has the ability to be able to shift and move to be tied to one location isn't a freedom that i really wanted to to strip from them i need to have that that full flexibility to be able to to pull them into different locations and not just like locations within earth but locations that you haven't even thought of it it for me it's that that micro to macro concept. Are you the ant on the car, the bonnet of the car, or are you the person standing beside the car? So yeah, it's, it's definitely allowed me a freedom of the characters and to give them greater reign, and therefore their development is much stronger, in my opinion. Okay. And has anyone said, oh, you're just using multiple worlds as a cheat because it you allow you can make be lazy uh, and just change things however you want. Anyone ever said anything like, or do you even maybe think that? Because that sounds to me like it would be some imposter syndromes. Oh my god, why am I writing multiple worlds? I can't pull this off. I can see that happening to me doing something like that. <laughs> Look, it is not the easiest way out. If you're gonna cheat, there are way easier ways of cheating than making things much more complicated for yourself. And this is definitely more complicated because you have to keep continuity, but you have to keep continuity within multiple aspects. So it's definitely not a cheater's way of doing it. Does it give you a freedom so that you don't have to get tied within parameters? Sure. Yeah. In the same way I've written paranormal romance where people can transform from humans into animals, that is a freedom of writing that isn't actual in the real world. I don't walk out into the living room and my husband suddenly changes from himself into a cat or something. It it does give you a different ability to play on emotion. What would they do? How do they act? What do they feel like? Because they're not set in humanity. And when you're not set in humanity, you have greater parameters. I, I do like that concept. This for me is more of a, a character development thing than it is uh, trying to not have to think too hard about things. I I will hand on heart admit I would really struggle to write like a period romance, like a historical, because I don't think I would have enough nouns to be able to study the finite detail that's needed 
to know what type of dress they wear to exact detail and when they get off the the horse and carriage how many footmen are there that kind of thing I would really struggle with that but when it comes to multiple universes I love it got it so when you're when someone's reading your story how do you tell them you're switching Does, is there some smoke and the person pops into another world or you label the chapters or what do you do to within the story cuz I like I said earlier, I'll read a couple books at a time, and if I haven't read that book for a week or two, I'm like, oh man, what world am I in right now? I do chapterize typically different worlds. So within each chapter, I don't tend to move like, or if I do move within a world within a chapter, it'll be really clear. So you would understand that they have stepped through something and are now in a different place. The simplest way of writing it is to chapterize it. So you basically look at uh, individual chapters being in each realm and then go from there, a bit like a TV series, if you think of it that way. If you're watching a TV series, each individual series part is its own chapter. That's the easiest way of keeping track and making sure that the readership doesn't get completely lost and go bananas. But there's not an easy fix to it. If you're not being descriptive enough, when you get into the new realm, you could easily confuse the reader because they're like, wait, what? Where are we now? So. Okay. All right. Is there anything else on uh, Parallel Worlds you were wanting to bring up or say? Not really. I'm looking at your background wall and I'm thinking Star Wars and I'm thinking somewhere out there, who knows? There, there could be a Star Wars reality that we haven't even engaged in yet. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's awesome. In fact, uh, the first attempt I made at writing had a girl that didn't jump worlds, but in a way she did. She controlled time and was able to jump through different timelines, which then made it like different worlds. But she was like the keystone. So whatever timeline she jumped to became the reality for everybody else. So I I think it was a little too much for me on my first attempt. And (laughs) so it's sitting somewhere. It's one of those drawer books at the bottom of the drawer. What are you doing to market your books? Because you are in Australia, so that makes it a little different if you want to market to the rest of the world. What are some things you're doing? Look, I'm really lucky because I'm supported in that aspect. I have a publicist. He's based in Canada. And Mickey, shout out to Mickey. He is amazing. Yes, um, I, I love agree. him so much. He's such a great So I, I have support in that front. I do a little bit of online advertising. I don't do it as well as I could, and I probably don't do it as enough of it as I should. But I think organic reach for me is a real strength. And because I have such a genre jumping feel, my organic reach is growing quite quickly because I might have somebody that jumps on because they like one type of book, and then I'll have somebody jumps on because they like another type of book. And before you know it, They've told friends who've told friends who've told friends. I I enjoy that organic expansion as well. I do have all the social medias, except TikTok, because I'm too old for that. And uh, I I play with it a little bit, and I like to release stuff randomly to my my followers. Occasionally, I'll I'll get uh, like a book coming up, and I'll just offer a different book to somebody else just for fun because I can. I like to engage with people with that that random connection as well. 
but yeah, it, it, look, it's tough. It's hard to be the writer, the promoter, the advertiser. There's so many different hats you have to wear and you have to wear them all the time. And, you know, I, I was just uh, saying to my crew the other day, I feel like I need a PA that can just moderate some of this stuff for me as it starts to get busier. But well, you said you have a husband. That's what my wife would be saying. So, yeah, I got to build in one. <laughs> He's got so, his own stuff going on. <laughs> he, do, he doesn't even read my books because he's he read one of them. And then a couple of the people he knows at work actually read my books. And then they started asking him questions about how similar he was to one of the characters. He's like, that's it. I'm never reading any of your books ever again. I don't want to know. <laughs> that's great. So you you said you fly to Canada a lot. Have you done anything? If you're going to be in uh, an area of Canada, like contacting libraries and doing author visits or anything like that? Not really. I looked at doing this is because we've been trying to get back to Canada for two years now, and every time <laughs> I book something, it gets canned. So I am booked again to go there this year. Fingers crossed. And. I try and work it in with seeing family. There's the Vancouver Book Fair I'd like to attend. So there's some, you know, there's some cool stuff I'd like to be able to go and do. But, yeah, trying to get that balance right as well between having time off and work. But I've got, I've got stuff I'd love to. I'd love to go to the 20 thing in Vegas, baby. It'd be great. Yeah. But yeah, I just got to get that balance. I'm still working on it. I agree. Same thing. All right. So, uh, VK, it's been really great talking to you, especially at Parallel Worlds. That's a very unique author topic. I love that. So before we go, I know you've got another meeting to get to. What is your last minute advice for new authors? Keep at it. Look, it's it's not an easy gig. If you're doing this because you're going to be a multimillionaire in two weeks, you're dreaming. Um, but do write what you love. Put your heart and soul into your books and your readers will read that. They'll reflect on that and just do it because you enjoy it. Don't get too hung up on the hype and the sales and the, am I doing this right? Am I you know, creating for this market? Whatever. Just do what you love. Nice. Great. All right. Great. I appreciate you getting on today, especially from the future. If we ever do meet, I'll have to get you a DeLorean. Just because I'll sign it. <laughs> Not that you don't want my signature, but it's been great talking to you. I appreciate it. You too. All righty. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.